BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, Redheads. Happy February. Welcome back to the Redheads Book Club February edition. Hey, girls, how are you doing? Hey, (laughs) doing well. Our very best. It's a snowy New York. I feel like it's the perfect time to just snuggle around and talk about a book. Literally, That's so true. Reading this book during the snowstorm was just everything of the sort. And not to skip ahead, but the book was so good. And I was just like all bundled up. I agree. Reading, it reading left, it left me feeling good. The snowstorm was so nice. Yeah. And to have a good book to read, you just really can't ask for anything more. This is our second episode in two weeks. We've never seen each other so soon since the last episode. We've so, seen each other a lot in the past couple weeks. I know. Are you sick of us, Snatcher? No, I was just saying. Do you miss us? No, I was just saying. God forbid. You missed us. Yes. Oh my God, I she did. did. I did. You her. love us. I do. You love us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have such a great episode for you today. We are going to get into How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams, talk about books. Also, before we get into everything, just have to give everyone an update. We need to talk about the fact that our book that we just recapped, Girl with No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster by Claudia Ashray, is a New York Times bestseller Woo-hoo! officially. I'm so excited. That was just such great book news to get right before we recorded this episode. Couldn't agree more. Really lifted my spirits. Mm-hmm. Truly. It's such an accomplishment for a million reasons, but I just am so grateful that we had a re- New York Times bestselling author exactly. on the podcast. Right. Like our first author on the show, New York Times bestselling. Like that's a good look for the Red. We can only go down from here. That's true. Or up counts. We could get another. Okay. Yeah, Maybe. no. We, we're keeping <laughs> this, this steady <laughs> well, as we go. We can never have another author ever again. Because Unless they're already New York Times bestseller when they come on. That's true. That's true. So we'll see. It was fun to have an author, but I'm glad to have the girls back together doing our thing. Hey. Happy to have an episode where Margot has a microphone that's plugged in. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. Even, I couldn't listen. I'm sure a lot of you noticed that in the Girl with No Job episode, Margot sounds like she's in another room, and that's because <laughs> she the, is. the microphone that she was uh, speaking into, the cord wasn't even close to plugged in. Like it was just sitting by her foot and that's on me I felt so bad like I literally was so upset when I realized that there was an error there's no worse feeling but snitch better you than us why I was contributing a lot because it was my sister on the podcast (laughs) all right well cut that out (laughs) you're not gonna get back up here yeah like like, we're we're gonna let you feel the shame of that kind of comment which was an integral part to the episode but I will say Dana and Rebecca were sharing a microphone so if it had been their mic we would have lost two girls that's fair that's what I meant (laughs) sure (laughs) so we're so happy to have you back 
Thanks apologies for, for last week. I hope you guys could still hear her. I did some audio magic. I did my best, but it was just like so upsetting. I was so looking forward to that episode. It felt like such it. a good one. It know? was such a good one. And then like to realize that it was anything short of perfection. Like I was the perfectionist gonna, in you was screaming. She was screaming. And also realizing that it was my fault because apparently we did a test. We did do a where test. Where you tested into the microphone and I had the headphones on and just <laughs> decided I could hear you and moved on. Like, I obviously wasn't listening. Yeah. And no, it was like me. frantic, it, eager There was a lot energy. going on. Like, we were all just like bouncing off the walls. Like, I don't blame you for during the test. Like, your mind being elsewhere. Yeah. But so what, when you told us that there was an audio issue with mm-hmm. Snitch before like we realized what had happened. I was like, I don't know if like this is you about to tell us that we have to re-record. I literally <laughs> was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know if I can do it again. And like, it's not, it's no one's fault. Like if we had to do it, we would have done it. It's like, but how do you, does lightning strike twice? How do you, recreate, recreate, that, yeah, yeah. How do you recreate that magic? I, I hadn't gotten to that place yet. I think the worst, worst, worst case scenario, if like we couldn't pick you up at all, would have been I would have cut out everything that you said and any time someone like played off of what you had said. Like so, I just like, would have been cut out of the episode. You would have been erased. <laughs> Which from by the way, I thought that's what you were gonna do. I thought I was going to do it also, but then I realized you were coming through on my microphone, which is like, you can hear the truckers honking back there. You should hear the girl sitting next to me be able yeah. to speak. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to have like a solo sesh with Snitch recreating just her answers to match everybody else's responses. And then I thought you were going to splice those in. I thought the exact wow, same Dana, thing. Wow, Dana, maybe someone could have shared that suggestion like <laughs> while I was trying to I'm, fix it. No, I'm so oh, I thought it was going to be so, glad, so much work. I'm so glad you didn't. I'm yeah. so glad you no, didn't. No, it all worked out. I hope everyone enjoyed one of our most popular episodes. And now we're back doing our thing. The book this month was How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. A mind choice. I was really excited to get back into Chiclet. I didn't want to do anything too serious or heavy because we were reading two books this month. And for so many reasons, I feel like this was the perfect book to read this month. So before we get into our thoughts, I'm just going to give a quick summary for anyone who didn't read the book yet. This book is, you think, a classic boy meets girl story, but it turns out boy meets girl and there's so much more between them and about them than they even know about each other. Mm -hmm. So the story is told from the perspective of Naya, who is a professor. She is an educational queen working at a university and she has just thrown herself completely into her job. Her job is her life. We find out because she has experienced trauma in a past relationship and you know in order to deal with that she is just completely immersed in her career and being successful in her field which is being a professor of education where she teaches others to educate. So it's like you know like it's a what's it called? Meta. It's yeah meta. Thank you. Um, anyways, you know, one night she's drinking with her friends and they're like, you need to get out more. You need to flirt. You need to meet a stranger. So she goes out and she meets a handsome man at a bar named Jake. Like that never happens. I can't. That never happens, but they hit it off and they're on their way to having a great night and a one night stand, hopefully, which is what all she really wanted. And she drank too much that night and she throws up in his hotel room. But Jake Like, I'm sorry. I just, there are so many things about this book that are so unrealistic. There's one thing that's so unrealistic that like we will get to okay okay <laughs> just like this any- is i just want everyone like honestly disclaimer like this is not how life works so like don't get any ideas <laughs> i don't know sometimes, sometimes. It, i think that it's the definition of when you least expect something to happen like 
we'll something get great's it. going to happen. But anyway. Says the two engaged bitches. Like, I can't. <laughs> Jake is so enthralled with Naya that he texts her the next day wanting to go out again. They have an, another wonderful date. Jake's story is that he is in town in Chicago for a wedding this weekend. Fast forward, we find out that Jake was also in town because he is now overseeing the advisory committee that's going to be restructuring her department. So he really has like a major say in whether or not she gets laid off or gets tenure. And they're navigating their relationship, which is like literally love at first sight. They're so compatible, so great for each other, while also dealing with this professional quandary. Meanwhile, Naya's also dealing with a lot of personal stuff, a lot of stuff she hasn't de- dealt with in her past relationship. Her ex-boyfriend, who is truly psychotic, is also coming back into her life and threatening her with nude photos and ruining her career. Mm-hmm. And she just has a lot on her plate and is just trying to deal with it all herself, while also falling in love and being in a new relationship, but also realizing like that relationship can't fix all of her other problems. But she's pushing him away while also realizing he is good for her so it's just a lot of different emotions around relationships at the end of the day they wind up uh happily ever after but not without a lot of struggle to get there and not without her working on herself and finally dealing with a lot of the trauma I did not realize that this book required a trigger warning which it definitely does it deals with domestic abuse emotional abuse physical abuse and so if that's something that triggers you I would definitely tread lightly during this episode and while reading the book if you haven't yet now let's get to our overall thoughts on the book did we like it what did didn't we like snitch let's start with you I loved the book because I love living in like a fantasy world but um no I I really liked it honestly the only thing that bothered me was just like at the beginning of how everything worked out so well but then I also liked how it was like so such a cute book like rom-commy and then it's like there was this like deep layer you know and it's like Mm -hmm. that's what really like brought the book home for me whereas like it was so much more uh, than like a love story so I actually really enjoyed the book like I couldn't put it down I finished in one day yeah it definitely was more than just your average romance novel because there was a lot to unpack. There was a lot of depth. And I learned a lot just about the human experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dana? I was going to say the same thing, that the way I know I like the book a lot is because I also couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. I didn't one day, never wanted to stop reading, wasn't bored. Like, usually you need a break in the middle of even a really good book. And this was just beginning to end, held my attention, which is rare. And I really, really liked it. Um, I'm not usually a rom-com girl. Like, I roll my eyes and I find it corny. And it didn't really have that effect on me. Like, yes, obviously, a lot of things were unrealistic. But ultimately, I thought it was a very touching love story. That's a good call. What did you guys think about the, like, flirty banter? It's hard, I imagine, to, like, write flirts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And some of it I thought was, like, cute. I think it's just hard to achieve. I'm yeah, really I mean, into Because they're failing at flirting. Yeah, we'll get to the title. Yeah, because it does not apply. Agreed. I like that nerdy humor. Like, the bad dad jokes. Like, that's so up my alley. So I was actually laughing. There were obviously cringeworthy moments where, like, okay, can we stop talking about, like, the old ladies that you're secretly dating? Like, yes. Right. That was a little right. tired by the end. But yeah. ultimately, that's, like, kind of representative of a new relationship where it's you're so like, true. oh, this worked the first time I stuck it yep. to the wall. Let me keep going because, yeah, like, it's yeah, safe. Yeah. territories so I thought they captured that pretty accurately yeah Bex I I didn't really like this book (laughs) I know shocking and we have I haven't admitted that to the group yet but I I think it's time for me to come clean okay that I was never very sure what this book was trying to be that was sort of confusing to me along the way like I didn't know if it was like a listy kind of book like where like lists were a very common theme. I I felt like it was just trying to be a lot of things at once and it kind of confused me. And Dana, your point about it being a rom-com, 
I like rom-coms, but it didn't feel like it was a rom-com. It was like pretty serious at times and like kind of silly at times, but not silly enough for me to be like, oh, this is a beach read. Mm -hmm. So I think like I was expecting it to be one thing. And when it wasn't that, I was like kind of confused and like sort of perplexed about what, how I felt about it. And at the end of the day, I, I didn't think it was that good. Interesting. Well, I'm glad we have your perspective because I'm sure there are people who didn't like it either and it wouldn't be an episode of The Redheads if we all just agreed. We need a contrarian amongst us. We do need a contrarian and that's going to be you this episode because I I did really like it and what you didn't like about it, the fact that you didn't know what it was trying to be is what I liked about it. Like when I started reading it, I had absolutely no idea what was going to Mm -hmm. happen. Like how is this guy going to tie back into her life? Like where does her ex-boyfriend come in? Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like throughout the whole book, I, I didn't know what was coming next and I also like wasn't trying to to beat myself by guessing I was just enjoying it and I liked how it didn't fit the typical rom-com tropes where it was like it was sometimes more and it was sometimes less but I like that it sort of blurred all of these genres that's a good totally point. but it felt to me a little discombobulated yeah the thing that felt discombobulated for me and is my one big critique about the book is I felt like the title really didn't yes accurately portray the book and I feel like they came up with the title after the book was written and then put in a few lines to try and like shoehorn the title to make sense for the book about like flirting I'm like what the fuck is this agreed agreed there was one line that was like maybe I suck at flirting but can get laid (laughs) yeah no it's like at the end they were trying to round it back to the fact that her ultimate that her initial task was flirting and I was like was that what it was or was it about like putting yourself out there trying new things and letting go of your past? And even he was like, what yeah, are you talking been, like, about? Yeah, about about her like list or something, you know? Well, that's what was confusing to me is like I expected it to be framed into like her and Felicia and Aaron putting this list together and I expected her to have a bunch of instances of flirting and experiencing like different men and different ways of putting herself out there and and... I mean, just like the evolution yeah. of relationships. Like it's and like the chapters were based on the list. It so could have gone that way. Like it really could have been a one night stand. And then like night two, how are you going to flirt with this guy? And it, Ooh, yeah. I kind of would have liked that. Yeah, that's a whole different book. I yeah. just feel like the... That's the book I was expecting to read. And I'm, I'm fine with it not have been that, but I wasn't sure what it was. And it just, it felt a little partitioned. Yeah. I, I was quick to overgeneralize it as a rom-com because I feel like I just think of any book where the focal point is a relationship as like rom-com but you made a really good point that like no this blurred the lines of typical like boy meets girl there were a lot of twists and turns and not always like surface takeaways from their deep relationship so I like that yeah I definitely think there was just like a lot there more than I expected when I picked it up and definitely more than I expected from the title and I just don't think the title did the book justice that's my critique okay let's get into the dbqs i'm so excited because denise williams the author of the book had a book club kit on her website with all of these questions for a book club which is us and also accompanying cocktails and i was really close to like bringing you guys some cocktails but they were really involved and i was like okay love involved i know but it was like no it was like beyond my bar tender skills so maybe another time if oh, you're I would love a little martini me action too. okay next month I'll bring you guys some accompanying <laughs> drinks with whatever book we're reading thanks Jax but first question Naya begins the book feeling she's in a rut after closing herself off for so many years did Naya's list make you think of think of what you could add to your own to-do list absolutely yeah oh it did Let's yeah hear no i'm not sharing Switch. that's Tell private us. absolutely not come on even with the redheads no there's people <laughs> in the whole world <laughs> um no i just feel like it makes you think of like if you had to put together a list of like things that you wish you would do more like 
all of us could definitely put one together. Yeah. Like you're saying all of you in this room are living no, your no, life. No, we're just asking if you thought about it. Did it cross your mind because Yes, it crossed my mind. Wow, that's crazy. For me, the book did not cause me to think about it. But now in thinking about it, yeah, of course, I need to work on my to-do list. But just this idea of lists in the book just felt shoved in there. And that's not what I took away from it was her to-do list. Yeah, no. I know. It's bizarre. So no one else was thinking. I liked when she said that she wanted to learn Spanish. I was like, same. I, I used to know Spanish so well. I would like to relearn Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Are you darele? Oh, God, Dana. <laughs> what does Sorry, that mean? But... I'll help you. Oh. Um, I am a big list maker. Like, I love making lists. But it's usually in connection with like work or like a packing list for a trip coming up it's never something fun for myself so yeah I think that could be a good takeaway from this book like oh what's something I actually want to do and not because I have to do it yeah like something that will get me out of my comfort zone and not something that's like a bucket list but just things that might enhance my life that I need to push myself to do that's not something I would have thought about if not for the book club but that is a good takeaway if you're continuing to think about this book yeah I don't know that I'm going to be continuing to think about this book. But you're going to think about your list. No. I, I said it, th- it crossed my mind. It didn't say that I took pen to paper. Damn. Show us your list. Show, Show us your list. list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jake goes with Naya on tilt in the Ferris wheel despite his fear of heights. Is there a fear you'd be willing to confront to be near someone? If that means someone's near me, hell yeah. (laughs) I'll do anything for human touch. You know what's so interesting? In this book, like when they were having those first few dates and like those feelings of like being on an amazing first date where you're just like drunk and like like you really feel like you love this person and they wound up being in love. That is the best feeling. And I actually am afraid of heist. And when they did that thing in Chicago where they like – look over the city I don't know what that is where you go in like a glass like an observatory thing. yeah I was just like oh no no oh, oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> and also with them drinking like I, it's crazy she didn't throw up sooner <laughs> yes yeah. I don't really have normal fears but I do have a very intense fear of um missing out phone yes. oh, yeah. And, um, Would you miss out for for the right person? Josh. I missed out for Josh, which is how I knew it was real because Ben wow. Soffer had an amazing birthday party at LPR, and I was stuck in Minnesota at Wait, a wedding. You weren't at so. that party. No, oh, that party. I was party. actually just talking about it last night. It was like one of the <laughs> yeah, best parties. That was something I uh, accomplished a fear over. Wow, that party wow. like changed yeah. my life. That's yeah, a great I'm example. So sorry, great example. I was in Minnesota, not knowing one person, and I could have been at Ben Soffer's LPR. 90s birthday party oh my god it was such a good it was such a good party don't worry you didn't miss we need to recreate that Mm -hmm. when the world reopens okay next question naya finds it hard to disclose her past trauma to jake why do you think this is and what makes her ultimately feel she can trust him well i feel like she didn't even like tell herself like how she felt about it Mm -hmm. what really went down so i don't know that like it makes sense that she wouldn't go and tell jake right away That's a good point. You know, while I was reading the book, it sort of was making, bringing me back to how I felt about my, my dark Vanessa Mm -hmm. and the way she described her abuser, like convincing herself that it wasn't abuse, therefore not feeling like a victim. And I just was getting a lot of similarities and I'm so grateful for so many reasons that we read that book, but I love when I read something and it informs my next read. Yes. I feel like I'm more educated and I can understand this person's point of view better. I agree. I thought the exact same thing. I feel like she only began to understand how abusive it was when she had the foil of Jake to teach her the right way things. Like, wait, I can correct him and it won't be a big deal. Wait, I can say this and it's not going to be a huge fight. Like she needed that polarity in order to view her original as bad yeah yeah that's a fair point and I also think that hearing about his divorce and he was so forthcoming about 
about what he was going through with his ex-wife Gretchen. And I think that that maybe gave her some comfort to some degree of, okay, he's sharing some pretty intimate details about troubles in his own life. It might be okay for me to do the same. Yeah. As a professor, Naya discusses some of the challenges of her work. Do any parts of Naya's story challenge commonly held beliefs about universities and professors? I love this question because I've never really read like a romantic story like this or about a young professor. And it definitely challenged like what I think of as a professor. You know, when we went to college, I don't think we had many like 32-year-old young single professors. And... It was really interesting to hear about how hard she had worked and the point that she was at in her career, like before she had tenure. And I really, I liked that element. I thought that her career choice was not something that I'm, that I'm very knowledgeable about. So I liked that she was in a field where I got to learn more about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a pretty common tug of war, what they were actually delving into, which was bottom line versus educational potential. And I liked how at the end they were like, you guys aren't doing that well, but we're actually going to shift focus not to be totally monetary based and instead focus on how we can get there by like encouraging the department, which was probably just for the books. Like, yeah, it was was a happy ending. It's like, and you all win. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good thought. I I always love a happy ending, but I just, it came a little too easily. That, that part. And I like how hard she fought to defend her profession it caused trouble in her like seemingly perfect relationship with Jake. Like they were still in the honeymoon phase, but she was like, this is so important to me. And the fact that you and your team aren't able to see that is disconcerting and demoralizing. And so she was obviously so passionate about her work and it seemed so fascinating. You know, I really Mm -hmm. actually liked hearing about like this field of education and kind of like the, I don't know, I mean, we went to a liberal arts school, so, like, I didn't know about, like, these departments and everything, and, like, yeah. that was eye-opening to me. Yeah, Because, like, it was just, like, blanket English. Like, <laughs> if you wanted to go into education, then you were an English major. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, it, it's interesting to hear about, like, these very nuanced areas of study. Agreed. Also, I felt like there was this overall message of these two people who are so invested in their careers, which is such a great thing, And but at the end of the day, like, your career doesn't love you back. Like, you see with Naya, like, at any point in the book like she could lose her job and like lose everything that she's working towards and everything that is giving her her purpose in life and when she says this is my whole life and then Jake is like but what about me I think it it also highlights the importance of work-life balance and while it's so good to be so driven and have something that you're so passionate about like a career your job is never going to be able to fulfill you 100% like there has to be other pieces of the pie yeah yeah do you feel that way that's a fair point like that's how you are about your career and I just feel like (laughs) you need to invest more in campers right 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 in book clubs yeah two (laughs) books isn't enough counts (laughs) you're coming for the campers (laughs) okay while Aaron and Felicia are somewhat meddling and Tyson and Eric tease what role do Jake and Naya's friends play in encouraging healthy relationships I think that they ground them do you know what I mean it's like like I think that without Aaron and Felicia like she would be in her apartment never leaving like she never would have met Jake so like it brings like it brings out like the best in them and yeah. like it grounds them as a, as a relationship. And then I think with Tyson and Eric, 
he's super nerdy, so they kind of, like, make him more, like, gettable. Does that make sense? Yeah. I also feel like the friendships in general, but also in the way they were talked about in this book, like, give you perspective because it's, like, when you're in something, you can't see yourself. You can't see what things look like. And she did talk about how she never wanted him to meet her friends to meet Jake because if they saw him differently than she Mm -hmm. sees, then, like, that would ruin it for her. So but true. unbeknownst to her, like they were going to love him and that would just give her even more reason to jump all the way in. But I think in general, what your friends give you is perspective. Like the thing that you can see about what's in front of you. And I liked how across the two different sets of friends, there was this shared thread of protectiveness. Like when um, Naya was so consumed with the abusive boyfriend, the friends were put to the side and then they were still there for her when she came out of it and only wanted the best. And when, um, when Jake was going through his divorce. His friends are extremely protective. They wanted the best for him. So like, that's how you know who your real friends are and who aren't. The ones who look out for you and are still there for you after you come out of the storm. Yeah. And I loved how Jake was the one to proactively ask if she wanted to hang out with her friends the weekend that he visited. Cause like he understood the importance of, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Totally. Like <laughs> you've got to get with my friends. That might be the moral of the story. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Naya appreciates that Jake is a, quote, hot nerd who lacks the arrogance and posturing of her ex. This is a question from the author, and then I want to get into it. She says, what about a cinnamon roll or non-alpha hero is appealing or off-putting to you? And apparently a cinnamon roll hero is a warm and gooey, soft, sweet, and maybe a little crusty on the outside hero. I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) I don't follow. Okay, so in this book, question the author calls jake a cinnamon roll hero because he's like not an alpha hero and i saw later on her website she defines a cinnamon roll hero as someone who's warm and gooey soft sweet and maybe a little crusty on the outside like a cinnamon roll so i guess we're saying he's like warm and gooey and soft but like he's not just like macho man you know yeah he's not like your average romance novel fabio yeah he's not like prince charming sweeping i mean he's charming but he's not your typical but i don't know what also like i thought he sounded super hot he has yeah, abs. Yeah. He is a totally. businessman beau. Like, what's more heroic than that? literally is like the quintessential, like, hero. Her- romance novel hero. They were hero. pushing that agenda so hard on us that he was, like, nerdy. But it's like, okay, but if Why, you're nerdy glasses? and really hot and really rich, like. Because <laughs> yeah, he like, can't play basketball, he's nerdy. Yeah. Literally. No, like, I just feel like when you're a 38-year-old man, like, the term nerd is just, that's not what it is. Like, yeah. just because you like to do just math you're smart, and, and like, work. Yeah. Like, the bar is so low. <laughs> in general, though, I feel like that prototype lands. Like, people want to hear about the good guy that isn't necessarily the macho man that, like, has all these good qualities. Like, that's a good character for a reader. Yeah, I think that Jake was a great character. I just don't think he was, like, so different from all yeah. the other heroes that we read about. You know, I think he was, he's like... He's pretty in line. He's pretty in line. and, and he Six just feet se- tall. He just seems I, like a really good, decent guy. And I think that we need to romanticize good guys mm-hmm. who, like, emotionally support nice guys. you. Yeah. And listen and are patient. We need to romanticize To them. learn upon other books we've read, Luis Velez talked about how a real man is someone who's kind, not macho. Yes. yes. I forgot about that book. Great book. <laughs> but I think book. that... I don't think I liked it. No. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's one of those books that, I, like, the more that time passes, I'm like, huh. Yeah. I'm not like, huh. Yeah, honestly, like, I didn't like nothing to see here, but now when I'm like, when I hear about it, I'm like, huh. Yeah. Now I'm like, you Before know? We Were Strangers was the best book ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I know, yeah. it is kind of interesting how how they change in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say, I Jake being so in touch with emotions and being able to push Naya in moments where, like, she was retreating and he was like, no, 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 like, 
this is a good thing. Like we should persevere and like you should see the good that can come from this dynamic. I felt like that is an unusual characteristic in most commonly portrayed men. Yes, I agree. Naya checks off many items on her list throughout the book. Was there one item or moment of growth that stood out to you as the most meaningful? Did it speak to your own experiences? Maybe when she addressed Davis at the round table yes. at the retreat yeah, yes. when she was just like I just said that point and you have reiterated all of my previous points and sort of presented them as your own and I hope that everybody is now aware of that moving forward I fucking loved that moment yeah like, because Slip was like come to my office you actually did great yeah but you know what it's like when someone is like that person and it's so infuriating in the moment and it's not on everyone else at the table is not gonna be like hey she already said that but like right. when someone finally says it it's like everybody else it's people are just more keen than mm -hmm. I think we give them credit for, you know? And even though I think in general, like a lot of people, like this hot shot professor, people probably like believed him or respected him. Like sometimes people also see like someone who, for who they really are. Yeah. You know? And, I I, and so I feel like when she finally came out with the truth, it wasn't that hard for people to, to see what she was saying, yeah. Yeah. especially because she had someone else corroborating her story. But also, it wasn't like those people needed convincing. I just feel like this guy was a sleazeball. And, and these are people who work with him and have no problem like being able to see that he's a sleazeball. Yeah. Totally. I also loved another moment where she came out of herself was when she went to the gala and danced when she was so fearful of dancing in yeah. the park with him. Like She kind of reached a limit of maturity that she was not previously able to access. It was so sad to me when she talked about how she doesn't dance, doesn't dance, and then it turns out it's because like yes. she she used to dance all the time not well and that like Davis made fun of her for it and I just that made me really sad I kept wanting her to just like show the text to his superior and be like this is what I know it's easier said than done but like she had so much ammunition yeah I just, just think so that hard. her reputation she she just was so fearful of I feel like academia is yeah. like such a tight-knit community that showing those texts would indicate that there was like that romantic piece and that like there were pictures and it was just yeah, I no. feel like a really dark line of definitely. and I feel like her career stuff was stable and that's all she really wanted and even when she talked about the fact that she would wear clothes that weren't uh form figured or that she was just always trying to hide and it was like she didn't she just was obviously hiding from Davis but also hiding from the world like not wanting to be noticed it's just a sad way to live it was sad when she's like oh if he's back on campus I'll just like stay in my room the entire time and avoid him like I've done it before it's so yeah. resigned like not even oh shit I have to do this it's like oh okay this is life again like I just have to hide yeah yeah Okay, Jake and Naya's relationship begins with the botched one-night stand and remains physical. What is Naya able to communicate through physical intimacy that she wasn't able or willing to verbalize? I actually think this is such a great question because I didn't realize it until this question was asked that like she's so much more vulnerable physically than she was able to be emotionally. And I think for her, that was just one step in order mm -hmm. to opening up completely. But I think that that was like one way for her to begin to trust another person. Yes. Yeah. It was ironically easier for her to be physically involved. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that, but it was. Yeah. 
Also, the book obviously is super sexual, like so many sex scenes. Love it. Just love reading. Actually, a lot of the redheads, we were talking about this on the, the toast the other day, how books can be so porny. They are porn. And how this one, I think, is especially porny. And I, I didn't think, think that this one was super porny. It really? just like wasn't even, a, it, it wasn't enjoyable porny, you know? <laughs> no, like yeah. what was, there was a book that we read where it was like super porny. Was, that uh, I, red, white, red, white, 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 Yeah. And I remember you were texting, Britt was texting saying that she's like reading it on the subway and like genuinely felt uncomfortable like honestly they always like skipped the parts that were porny they were like they started making out gave us a little detail and then it was like oh and then we were finished and laying in bed like no sometimes oh, you I get what happens in between porny. yeah I thought it was super it's like porny crazy raunchy and the only oh, thing I that bothered so me oh. was just oh I thought there was so much sex and like multiple times and I was just like she's gonna get a UTI <laughs> I just wish that like the author would have mentioned that she got up and peed because my <laughs> vagina was hurting for her like to not pee like and he always went and like got rid of the condom but like I just think we should normalize peeing after sex it's so important another yeah. book where we don't know if the main character ever got her period it's true <laughs> she was yeah I, I she was always ready willing and she was able always ready willing and I was actually thinking imagine that night at the bar she had her period like <laughs> <laughs> we always have to bring it back to the period <laughs> I just like I feel like she should have peed like just to give other so women funny. out there like the knowledge that you should pee because she would have definitely gotten a UTI in real life or am I alone in that no, no like, that's th a fact okay okay no no that's like I'm a like, scientific fact if you don't pee after sex you get a UTI right it's not like it's a risk if like sh should I not pee maybe I won't get one though like right. you will or like maybe once in a while like you can get away with not peeing but like every single time like she needs to get up and pee yeah it she would probably just be did. another thing that this book was trying to be like scientific on top of every <laughs> no, other but like, facet. But they could have just snuck it. They gave in. every other detail. And they gave every other detail. And no, I was there was like one scene when they were at his house at the lake and like he left the room and then he comes back and then they fall asleep. I'm like, she didn't pee. <laughs> she did not That's pee. So well, an interesting point to the original question if she was able to open up physically but not emotionally. I did notice the raunchiness got so much less intense as the book went on and I feel like that's directly correlated with them becoming more emotional like we no yes. longer had to rely on these crazy sex scenes because they were talking more yeah and I think that yeah. really reached a pinnacle when she was sick in Cincinnati and I'm assuming they didn't have sex at all on that trip and it was like they had a successful sexless trip yes you know and they were it was enough I feel like everyone could just sympathize with that horrible feeling of so excited for something and then being sick yeah yeah yeah, but, like, he was so good about it. Like, honestly, that weekend sounds way more fun than, like, going to a museum. I'm sorry, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, the Ferris wheel sounded fun, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, I saw on the author's website, the author wrote, quote, I wrote this novel wanting to explore how exes impact how we see ourselves, but I finished it feeling empowered to make my own to-do list and to ask for what I want. I hope you finish with the same feeling. Is that something that you took away from this book? No. what she like making to do lists or asking for what you want I feel like I took away more so her initial accomplishment which is that exes do impact how we see ourselves and we need to break that mold yeah no it didn't it didn't leave me wanting to like ask for what I want I'm sorry <laughs> Denise counselor tell us what you want please <laughs> I don't know no, it's true. Like, I think a huge takeaway of the book is how you see yourself is so heavily influenced on how you let others impact you and see you. Yeah. Yeah, the takeaway for me was, it was just sort of like a self-confidence thing and I didn't correlate that so closely with the relationship with Davis. Like, it obviously colored so much of 
Naya breaking out of her shell and like the reason why she hadn't broken out of her shell, this and that. But like when I ended the book and like closed it up, I was, I was not like, Oh, like this is just a testament to like how exes just influence our current situation. Yeah. Side note, like if my friend sat me down and was like, make a list you need to get out and flirt more, I'd be like, fuck off. She was so able and willing. She's like, okay, I'll go to the bar tomorrow. Well, I, I just feel like if your her... friends are sitting you down telling you that, like you need to. Oh, I'd be like I embarrassed agree. and hurt and like it would probably prevent me from doing it even more. But it more. didn't feel hurtful at all. No. Like, they were just like, we, they were you have so much going for you. Like yeah. it's time for you to break out of your shell. Like sometimes you need just like a, a, a push. someone else to like, help you look in the mirror and be like this will be good for you i mm-hmm. feel like the fact that she was open to it just showed how much she actually wanted that for mm-hmm. herself too and just needed an excuse and also now just what you said bex made me realize that they were sort of gamifying it which is kind of how, what she would do with her students you know like with the yeah, math good. video games and oh. i feel like that sort of they use that sort of um I like that. deep jacks that was great thing on her yeah I, yeah, I couldn't deal with when she whispered under her breath at the bar, check, to mark something oh, up for list. And he's like, check. Should I get the check? <laughs> yeah, 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 I could have done without that, too. <laughs> Last question. Since this is a romance novel, we haven't read one in a while, and we probably won't read one again. What are your favorite type of romance novels to read? Like, you know, enemy turned lover, mm. this sort of love at first sight. I personally, I was thinking about this question. I realize I like a workplace romance. I you do. do? Did you read Hating Game? No, but I saw the movie. It's not out yet. No, but like there's a movie that's about that. That's, no, there's a movie called that they're going to be making a movie based no, off the No, but you know the movie with Lucy Hale in with it. Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. Yes. And they set up their bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that not Hating Game? No, not at all. Okay. Um, yeah, what is that? What that's, is that? It's that movie, and it's, it was on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that was cute. That, wait, hold on. I'm busy in the meme where it's like, the closest thing to feeling like a ghost is knowing the answer to something people are debating on a podcast. Yeah. Yes. I hear you screaming. It set it up. It's the set, it set it up, yeah. That was cute, yeah. But th- this one, the next one, Hating Game, is with Lucy Hale and Robbie Amell. Oh, that looks good. Okay, maybe I'll read that book. I think you'd like it. Um, I enjoy workplace romance. I don't know. I like one that's like romantic, but like there's something crazy going down. Like with like Hopeless, like Colleen Hoover, there was like, you know, that backstory. Yeah. And like Verity, like there was like that twist and whatever. A romantic thriller? Maybe a romantic thriller is what I like. But then sometimes I was thinking Layla. That was kind of a romantic thriller. Yeah, but sometimes I also don't like that. And I really like like cut and dry, like Boy Meets Girl. Renee Carlino. Everything is fucking fabulous. And then like for 20 pages, like shit goes awry and then they're back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just like the sort of book where it's like, you know that these two people are meant to be together or even movie. And it's like not a question of are they going to be together? It's like, how are they going to get from here to there? And that's what I felt like this book was like. And that's why I liked it. Plus it had a little workplace drama. I don't like unnecessary miscommunication in rom-coms. It drives me nuts when they're like, oh, I saw him talking to a girl and he must like her and then she never confronts him and then they don't speak because she had the wrong idea. Like that yeah. I can't stand. So you must have hated normal people when they yes, literally yes, were not I, speaking. I could not people. handle that. It was so annoying. But I really like when you when the books get into like the deep intricacies and the specifics of the relationship. I don't like when it glosses over like, and then three weeks later they were fully committed. That's what I did like about Red, White, and Royal Blue. Like you got a play-by-play of every single interaction between their eight-hour phone call to like every single trip. I like when they go into such minutia. I totally agree because I feel like then you were so invested in the depth of the relationship and you're like, I am committed. I am in this. And sometimes it's hard to ground yourself in a romance novel when you feel like you are not in the romance. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, now let's get to the redhead questions. We got a few from our redhead listeners. First up, okay, first of all, I absolutely loved this book. Seriously, one of the best books I've ever read. The one thing I had a hard time with, though, was when Naya kept saying, quote, I had so much to say, but I couldn't say a single word. That was understandable the first time she said it, but I felt myself yelling at the book, just say how you feel, holy shit. Do you guys think that carried the weight in the emotional part of the relationship? What do you think about their communication? I mean, (laughs) preach, girl. I could not agree more. And I'm very overt and direct. So I think I had a particular issue with Naya just not speaking. Um, However, Mm -hmm. I understand that there was so much trauma that she underwent that inevitably impacted how she was able to communicate her thoughts and feelings. So I'm not like an evil human being like I can see that but I can see how it would be frustrating for someone who is open and communicative but I feel like I'm someone who's so bottled up sometimes that it's like I can understand like having something on the tip of my mind that I want to say but then just don't for whatever reason so infuriating at times I was like okay so you're not going to speak I'm then I'm not going to read this book (laughs) (laughs) but okay but for someone who was really frustrated with all of that I feel like they gave the reader that justice the few times that Jake sort of went in on her and told her the truth about how she was acting like the time in her apartment when he she got upset about the work stuff and then when he was drunk texting her and he was being really mean but really honest yeah and he was he chose a language and he chose facts <laughs> <laughs> oh my god when jake was like look it's not my decision but if it was i'd also get rid of your shitty department and then later he's like no that was just the initial findings i totally realized that your apartment's valuable yeah department department's valuable oh, okay. yeah it sounded like apartment, apartment. <laughs> i was like she got rid of her apartment it sounded like her apartment was nice i thought he was insensitive in that original conversation actually when he was like, yeah i felt like he was kind of gaslighting her and like oh yeah i mean that was a little weird because it was reminiscent of davis but maybe it was just to show her and to show us that like you can be angry yeah. without being violent and physical and emotionally manipulative Mm -hmm. you know like because anger is an emotion that a lot of us feel and this is how you get angry yeah but you don't go to that level she loved him so much and he was telling her how much he loved her and she could not say it back and she could not say anything at all and just let him sit on the other side of the door after she slammed it on him all night i was like what like what is actually happening i know and i was an adult you're almost 40 years old i was shook by him because if i were him i was in this strange town like visiting this person who was being a little bit of a child for him he didn't know the extent of everything and she like locked herself in her bedroom I would literally have packed my things and left I would not have stayed out at the door like I was very impressed by his patience that's Mm -hmm. a man Mm -hmm. that's That's a a cinnamon roll (laughs) that's a cinnamon roll hero Next redhead question. This book was only told from Naya's perspective. As I was reading, I found myself wanting to hear Jake's perspective. Do you think they would have been better, that it would have been better hearing both sides? I feel like I would have loved to hear more from Jake. I usually feel that way in books, and I did not at all in this one. Well, you know what? I didn't think about that once until this person asked the question. Then I was yeah. like, oh, that could have been cool. But I think what was so great about Jake is we were never wondering how he felt. Like, we, he told he us how, on his sleeve. He, he told us how he felt. Yes. I think that would have added, like, a juvenile element to the book if it was, like, he said, she said every other I chapter. I hate that shit. I hate yeah. that shit. Yeah. No, I think he said what he said. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and that was that on that. Mm-hmm. But I, that is interesting. But no, it was... A, First book we've read in a while that was really like linear, one person, and I was on it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've always said I hate that. I hate when it's so, like a different perspective or those jumping are around timelines. Like, you have to like rush through the next one to get back, and then yep. you forgot what you were even rushing back for. Yeah, yeah, 
That's so true. I can't remember the last time I read a book that wasn't jumping around. I hate jumping around. Jumping is the next around. book jumping around? Is the next book jumping around? I don't we'll know. Get we'll that. get to that. Okay. Since, do you know what the next book is? Should I? Prepare to have do. your mind blown. I'm actually so excited for the next book. Wait, why? Do you because know it's it a book that I would be reading. Oh, okay. Because it's a Becky's choice. It's a Becky's oh, choice. Oh, so I'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Actually, you probably will. <laughs> and so will the redheads. And so will everyone. <laughs> okay, last redheads question that has nothing to do with this book. I have a question that does not regard this book. I hope you can still answer it. I was wondering if you could give some tips to any redhead that doesn't read as many books as you or as fast as you. I'm trying to get there. I'm always fascinated by how many books you girls read in a month. And I want to get there. Would love to know what your reading routine is. I have been reading before bed every night. It's truly the only way that I can go to sleep. But girl, don't pressure yourself, you know, like take it at your own pace and you can listen to these podcasts whenever you want. But I would just say before bed is a really good time. I agree. And it's also a great way to quiet your mind. And I need to go back to doing that. Like even if it's I'm reading one book over the course of a week, it's just it's so bad for me to go from TV to try and go to sleep. I can't turn my brain off and reading really it helps with the in between. But I also think for me, I would never be such a speed reader and read so many books if it wasn't for the Kindle. I mm-hmm. love it so much and also sometimes and people are always like you read so quickly like how'd you read that book in a day like sometimes I'm reading and I and I do want to put it down like and but I, you kind of have to like force yourself to keep reading like to go to the next chapter to pick it up again and then you get more immersed in it so I would say like don't just always put it down when you're bored because then I would never get through any book like just keep like pushing even if you have to glaze a little bit here and there like just keep moving forward because you'll get into it. Yeah, I was going to say, don't be afraid to like skip some paragraphs. I've never done that. But <laughs> like sometimes I'm reading something I'm like, and it's like a paragraph where I see that there's no quote, so there's no conversation. There's <laughs> nothing I really need to know. It's just like a fucking paragraph describing something. And I'm like, do I really need this information? Probably not. So I skip it. You know what? When I was reading the epilogue to this book, I was like, I read very every other word because I just felt like the epilogue was really drawn out. Did anyone else feel that way? Like talking about wedding remember. cake? It was like they were at Tyson and Eric's oh, wedding. Yeah. You we're thought talking- it might have been theirs from the first sentence. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember oh. that? And I was and like, ooh. I also thought that he might propose there, and that is just so unacceptable. And they were just going really into detail. I was like, isn't the book over? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. It's just funny. I feel like this association between reading and speed. I feel like people are always like, how do you read fast? Or like focus on it even when they're reading themselves. And I, I just like it never crosses my mind to even really look down at the percentage I'm at or like focus on how quickly I read a book. Maybe it's because I've been reading for so, so long. Like there's rarely a time period in my life when I'm actually not reading a book. So mm-hmm. it's just become like so ingrained in my routine the same way you wouldn't question how long it took you to like eat a meal. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like the first step is to not focus on how quickly you're reading and just enjoy the experience. And That's- I would also say choose an epic book. Just yeah. like make sure that you choose a book that you know is going to just lock you in and and you won't be able to put down yeah also sometimes I mean usually when I'm reading a book I'm enjoying it and I'm not reading for any deadline but sometimes if I'm reading a book for the redheads or I'm wanting to get through something I'll give myself a goal be like get to 35% by tonight and then also once you get to 35% like you're going to be more interested than you were at 10% Mm -hmm. so making small goals like that I think helps you achieve them and then also be more interested in what you're reading yeah but apparently you shouldn't even finish books that you don't like yeah according to rebecca and so if you're not liking it don't read it yeah it's true dnr book we hated oh anxious people oh my god don't ever start that and don't ever finish that what's so crazy is that if we hadn't read that book (laughs) right everybody loves it it's on every list if we hadn't read that book on our own like i probably would have chosen it 
Yep. as my book for redheads I don't know what we would have done like we have yet to choose a book where it's like oh I physically can't read this it was the worst book I've ever read yeah okay now it is time for the moral of the story what did everyone think was the moral of the story Ooh, um try new things mm-hmm. because it might end you up in love and married yeah, I think the moral of the story was YOLO. You won't know. I'm kidding. Oh um, I don't know. There's not one succinct, like, golden phrase that I can pinpoint to it. I just think amongst the morals is your past does not define you. That was mine. What's so funny is mine was, like, your past influences your present, which influences your future. Yeah. But at some point, like, there needs to be, a, like, a, influences is an, a key word. Cause yes. it's like... It is a part of who you are, but it does not dictate your present and your But future. maybe I'm wrong, you know? No, I think that, that <laughs> your, everything that you've been through is a part of who your you are. Is valid. But that's not who it's, you're going to be necessarily. Especially if you confront it in a healthy way. Yeah. And I loved how by the end of the book, like all of her tools for moving forward, like she was seeing a counselor. Yes. She became good friends with Jill. So now she had like this little tribe around her. And I think that's so important, no matter what you're going through in life, like to have good people around you, to seek the help that you need, and to be communicating what's going on in your life. They randomly recruited the hot trainer into their friend group. She's right. like a bustling that. little life right. at the end. I totally, and like she was into kickboxing and found new hobbies and had her mans in the house by the lake. And I just feel like a lake is always good for your mental health. Yeah, for your soul. Yes. For your soul. Okay, so moral of the story. The author said that she hopes readers will take away how the messy, hurtful things in life don't keep us from finding love, pleasure, and ourselves. Love that. And I feel like that's a great takeaway. And if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. So important. So important. Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. We are going to cast Naya and Jake. I will start with Naya. I cast Natalie Emmanuel, who plays Missandei in in Game of Thrones. I don't see that at all, but it's an interesting choice. Okay, thanks. For not seeing it. Sorry. <laughs> Who did you cast? I had Laura ha- Harrier. Love her. From, oh, well, amazing. she's from so much, but Hollywood. Like, Ugh. that was what Obsessed I was just envisioning. Yeah, yes. perfect. I had Ashley Murray from Riverdale. Love her as well. Good as choice, Jamie. I had Yaya. Do you remember her? She was on America's Next Top Model, yes. Yaya DaCosta. Yeah, I actually yes. do. And now she's like a bona fide actress. Like, amazing for you, Yaya. And um, I also thought Joy Bryant from Parenthood would be a really good um, Naya. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the dancer. Yes. She's great. Oh, awesome. And I sat next to her at Bar Pity one time. Oh. And we ordered the same pasta. What'd you get? I got a um, truffle deliciousness. And she did too. And she put parm on it, which they actually did not recommend. Wow. (laughs) Wow, Joy. Okay, for Jake, I cast who I think is like the perfect cinnamon roll hero, Taylor Kinney. Oh, cute. Okay, well, wasn't even though while I was reading, like I wasn't seeing his face, I was seeing just like romance cover novel generic man. Yeah. But Taylor Kinney, I think, is great. Interesting. Wasn't he Australian? What? Jake? Guys, I could have sworn. <gasps> You're so right. I know. He's Australian. At the beginning he of He had the an accent. In, she said the guy next no, to him. He was just, just doing that to like be nerdy. I no, no, no. She overheard no, you it. Guys, you guys, you guys. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong. You're so wrong. 
he was, was imitating. Yeah, he was pretending to be Crocodile Dundee, like yes. watching the animals in the wild. Oh. Oh, well, I cast I cast Liam Hemsworth for that reason. Oh my god, that's, that's so, so funny. funny. I totally forgot about that, but like I was right there with you oh, for a period like, of time. Did an accent back. They yeah, were, like, they were like, so embarrassing look at together. the Bachelorette in the wild. I just yes. thought that she was I, overhearing I so. him and was yes. like, oh, this hot Australian. Um, no, he was making fun of like Discovery Channel shows where like an Australian yes. wilderness man watches animals in the wild like they were watching these girls in the wild. 100%. Oh All right, whatever. Um, this, this is, that's like when, <laughs> and bright side, I thought that. <laughs> the chapter was for her was perspective. Yeah. Oh. oh my, that's so But she walked in. <laughs> Dana for Jake. Joe Jonas. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, uh, I had John. Role. I had John Cena, a la Trainwreck. You remember he was like kind <gasps> yeah. of nerdy. You and know, okay, no, but Bill Hader, Hader oh. would be great as Jake. I just yeah. thought Jake is like this like stocky hot nerd. Well, like I buff. thought of him as like yeah, like this chiseled businessman beau who's like so good looking and Gretchen so stunning and they're just like the perfect looking couple and then like they threw this cinnamon roll hero term into it. I'm like, oh, so he's a Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I also had Chris Pratt as an option. Oh, that's a really good one. I had Ed Burns. Do you uh-huh, know who that is? Uh-huh. He's like the literal cinnamon roll hero. Have you seen Twenty Seven Dresses or what else is he in? Um, he's like if I showed you a picture of him you would know exactly who he is but apparently he's in his 50s now which is just time flies this guy but that's not that's not a good picture like that's so him oh oh, he's cute yeah he's just like always that boyfriendy type the one on the right that is so Jake. That's a good one. Obviously not the woman in the picture. <laughs> you know, we are accepting of all The only Jake's. male in this picture. Okay, also, like, I'm sorry I keep referencing the author's blog, but she has all these blog posts about the book, and it was great for book club research. But she did her dream cast for the movie, and I Ooh. actually think you guys would find it so interesting. Oh, my Tell God. Us. In her head, this is the dream cast. Naya would be played by Journey Smollett, who... Um, Love that. Yeah. I totally is a, see that. It's a great call. Jake Henry Cavill, which is really what oh, I was seeing. Oh, classic. Yeah. Yeah. Felicia Issa Rae, mm-hmm, Perfection. Perfect. Aaron Jesse Williams. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Flip, Alan Alda, so good. Yes. And Davis, Eric Bana. Those that, were really so good. So good. Yeah. Like, she crushed it, but obviously she would That's know really best. moral of you to not take them from yourselves and, like, just let Wait, who let is Davis? Know. Eric Bana. Really a good one. Did you say Alan Alda? Oh, yeah. Eric Bana. Yeah, he. Oh, man. From Alan Dear John. Alda, A-L-D-A. For what? For Flip, the president. Like Oh, Matt. yeah. So I looked him up and I saw an old guy. I was like, Eric? <laughs> I think of Davis as being like clean shaven and like scrawny. That's it. That's what Eric, yeah. that guy looked like. I know. Like I see him as being Adam. like tall and thin. Yeah. And like spooky. And sociopathy. So spooky. Yeah. Well, that was really great. I'm glad that she did her Hollywood treatment too because that yeah. just makes it more fun. Now it is time for our overall rating of this book. I'll go first because it was Jackie's choice. I rated it a four. I thought it was so good and so enjoyable. Not a five because it wasn't like five worthy for me but most like good great books that I read are four so I'm going four I'm gonna give it a 3.5 okay um I really enjoyed it but I just like yeah you know it's like I I really enjoyed it okay okay I feel similarly so I'll give it a 3.6 but one of these days I need to go through all of my past ratings and stack them and then like recalibrate my ratings I agree I I agree I I, like ratings in hindsight yes Uh uh-oh 
you know, I think I'll give it a three. Okay. I thought you were going to go worse. worse. I thought I was going to go worse too, but I love Jackie too much. Yeah. Oh, thanks guys. I'm I'm just kidding. That's not why I'm doing it. I think that it like hit all the marks and it's just like, it wasn't my favorite book. Okay. The overall redheads rating for how to fail at flirting by Denise Williams is a 3.525. I think that's really fair. I think that's fair. Feels a little high. (laughs) okay I'm just kidding well that's our recap on how to fail at flirting I really loved this book I think it was just what we needed I I can't explain it I agree it came at a very good time Mm mm-hmm Okay, now it's time for the other books that we read this month. Obviously, we all read Girl With No Job. So oh, yes. good. What did everyone rate it? Five. <laughs> I think you gave it a, what four po- you gave it a 4.5. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you're so harsh. But I only read one other book this month, and it was The Boys Club by Erica Katz. I talked a little bit about it on The Toast and on my Instagram. I rated it a 4. Seems high. It was good. I just found it to be really stressful, a little too on the nose. It's about a woman who works at a high power law firm in New York City. And I imagine it's like literally exactly what it's like to work there. It feels kind of like a Wolf of Wall Street type of story. And she talks about the long hours and the drinking and eventually, you know, drugs and extramarital affairs and all of this stuff and like she would work like so hard so many long hours crash on the floor fall asleep like literally fall asleep on her office floor and like wake up and not know where she was and like I was feeling those things physically too so I found it to be just like kind of physically and emotionally draining Mm. but good and you can tell that it's probably based on a true story I think the author's name is a pen name I think that this person really did work in this sort of environment and so I think it is on the nose because it's probably true so a good book for sure and I think it was also already adapted by Netflix so we'll probably see that on Netflix soon so if you want to read the book I was a paralegal out of college and that sounds pretty accurate (laughs) well I right when I started reading and I was like Dana I feel like you should read this because you probably you lived this you you are her are you Erica Katz (laughs) no you're not a lawyer definitely not I definitely (laughs) work that hard no you're not a fucking lawyer (laughs) yeah Did anyone else read anything this month? No. I did. What did Guys, you read? I yes. did. I read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, my Whoa. God. You hadn't read it? I no, I hadn't read it. it. Um, and once again, it was overhyped for me. <laughs> oh, I can't. I, 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 I will not hear Evelyn Hugo slander. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. It's a, probably another reason why I didn't even tell you guys. Because I, yeah. Um, it was it was a good read. I would say I would give it a 3.5. You're out of control. You're like, out of and control. And that just makes me question everything you said on this episode, you know? <laughs> no, like, I... I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinions, and I'm sure there are other readers out there who gave it a 3.5, and, and you speak for them. And so we're, we welcome you to the table. But I just, like, what was not to lie? Like, glamorous, fabulous, beautiful, love story. Agreed. It was, like, a little slow at times. Oh, my God. It wasn't slow enough. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I think that I just need, like, a little more stimulation. Okay. I'm okay, well, on that note... No, Dana. Oh, oh that well, would have been really good, Snitch. We'll, sorry, we'll get, Snitch. Come up with another segue. <laughs> another transition? Okay. Keep working on your I'll transitions. Okay. Um, well, a book that did give writ stimulation that had the same effect on me was The Storyteller's Storyteller Secret by C. Jolba The Secret what? <laughs> One more time. Your was midline the, got you down? For the people in the back. <laughs> Was The Storyteller's Secret by Sejal Badani. I think you mentioned it last episode, so then I read it, and it was really, really good. I gave it a four. I would highly recommend to anybody. Then I read my favorite author, who I referenced a few months ago when I read all of her books about the um, 
Neapolitan novels that she wrote. Elena Ferrante has another one, The Lying Life of Adults. Loved it. She's just such a good writer. I rated it a 4.3. I read The Secrets You Keep by Kate Witt. I gave it a 3.5. Solid book. And I read A Burning by Mega Mom Judar. Um, 3.7. Also a really good book. Oh my god, how did you find the time? No, it's been a while since our last time. episode, like not Claudia's including but. I guess so I have also just been sort of on a reading break and that's why I'm so grateful for the redheads because if I didn't read how to fail at flirting I probably wouldn't read again for a few weeks but now right when I finish that book this always happens to me I'm like we, well, I, I loved reading like I want to yes. start another book but I have to keep like my mind fresh for the podcast mm-hmm. that is my cross to bear when we reschedule the redheads and I finish the book and I have to wait in purgatory for two more days <laughs> I just have a book that I'm always reading on my kindle that I pick up in between books what book oh. You know a book. I am Pilgrim. I am Pilgrim. Oh. I'm like, rereading it right now. So like I finished Claudia's book and I finished this one. So like I just have been reading it. And like I've read it before. So like it's, it's not. It's like a palate cleanser. But you're, and you're not like always thinking about it. But you're enjoying. But you guys, it's so good. I just can't even get over how good it is. I literally think that that's why I like can't rate these books a five. Because I compare everything to that book. Okay. I feel that. But I also feel like weirdly. I feel like I Am Pilgrim. It's so not our genre. Like it's crazy that you read it. And that we all read it. And that we all loved it so much. Because I feel like there are so many books like like that you know if even if you look at the color the cover they kind of look like those James Patterson novels yes, yes. Like, and I just feel like maybe we should start reading those books yeah. since we read one and we loved it so much <laughs> the Da Vinci Code is next right like, <laughs> truly we should read the Da Vinci Code we it's should. so good it's really good the Da Snitchy Code oh, what's his out. other really good ones um demons angels and angels demons. and demons or like Stephen King you know yeah I just feel like we would like all of those things no those are great books I can't remember if I finished the Da Vinci Code but we really should read it for the redheads really no, good no, no, no. Snatcher no, no, no. come on I can't no, no Snatcher, Snatcher you'll choose it for your next book no, 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 no. <laughs> you would love it no 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 okay well I think without further ado it is time to hear what our next read is going to be next read is Becky's choice Becky what are we reading ladies gentlemen we will be reading the four winds by Kristen Hanna I love Kristen Hanna yeah. yes. and this book came out on February 2nd like it's the oh book. Why, why do you think I'm not gonna like it because it's Ritz book because it's historical <laughs> fiction no oh, it's a great depression Ooh. But guys. I love I love Kristen Hanna. Did you guys read Night Road by Kristen Hanna? No, but so Claudia is a book called Nightingale. Books I told her to. Okay, you guys, because I, I told her. Wait, to. we're taking away from Rebecca's moment. Sorry. This is my moment. Okay, <laughs> I was there for your moments. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I was excited about this book because. To Jackie's point, it came out February 2nd. Like, are we ahead of the curve or are we ahead of the curve, ladies? Right. I guess we're ahead. I don't think we've ever been so on top of something. I mean, it's February. Uh, sorry, Layla. Oh, Layla. But that's, no, but that's why Layla was so perfect. It was your favorite author. She was coming out with a new book on your month. Kristen Hanna is one of Rebecca's favorite authors. She's coming out with a new book on Rebecca's month, and it's going to be so great. It just feels so cosmic, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's historical fiction, which you guys know is my jam. And it talks about an era which I feel like is underrepresented in our conversations Mm -hmm. in most days which is the Dust Bowl and sort of Great Depression era it's 
it's going to be great. I think it's I'm about really a woman who excited. moves out to California because the Dust Bowl just affects her crops and livelihood. So, yeah. oh, wow. It'll I'm excited. I mean, I love Kristen Anna, so that's the only reason I'm excited. And I am looking forward to learning about a period of history that I'm not so familiar with mm-hmm. that I don't know, that I haven't read so many other books on. I've learned about the Dust Bowl recently a little bit. I watched like America in Color on Amazon. Other than that, I wouldn't know what it is. So I'm really excited to learn more. It's a true honor hearing that from a history major. No, for real. Like, yeah. I, I agree with what you said. We don't talk about that era enough so let's get into it thank you guys so much for another wonderful episode of the redheads it is always a pleasure we will see you next month the first thursday in march we're like the met ball the first (laughs) thursday in march and that's all she wrote anyone else you guys oh my god i can't believe it took me all episode to say this but we have something so exciting happening here at the redheads (gasps) because we are coming up on our one year anniversary of the redheads and in honor of that we have merch dropping it's so cute it's the cutest merch i have we all have gotten some of the samples and it's been killing me not to wear it this these are items that i've wanted to make since we like launched the show and our logo is just so collegiate and cute tasteful and the merch items are sickening they'll be launching in about two weeks stay tuned on our instagram and obviously like you if you follow me you won't be able to not see (laughs) all of the details about the merch shop we are so excited we're gonna have mugs sweatshirts notebooks phone cases it's gonna be sickening the merch down sickening the merch down and a great way to celebrate our one year anniversary i can't believe it's been one year of the redheads like and most of those are in quarantine right i mean there's literally never been a better year to become a redhead or to start the redheads and so i'm just so glad that we do this that we've kept doing it and that so many of you are still listening and reading along with us it is really like one of my favorite things that I have going on. No, I'm obsessed with the redheads. And redhead. it's never it's too late unhealthy. to it's become a redhead. never too late. Do you find discounts that it's ever too late? To no, I don't. Me? I Why? think I want to get that like tatted across <laughs> my <laughs> ass my cheek. back. Ram stamp. It's never too late to become a redhead. I totally agree. Lower back. No, like I've never felt so compelled by any one message or any one event, but like this is it for me. Like I I, I knew when it, when it would hit me that like this is my tattoo. When you know, you know. When you know, you know I agree and I also feel like the moral of the story for this book was that it's never too late to become a redhead yes yes okay well thank you guys so much we will see you next month make sure to follow us on Instagram at the redheads join our Facebook group let us know what you're reading and we'll see you soon bye bye